0: Be creative and think outside the box in different ways that you could be generous and it really is truly in giving you receive because in the last year I cannot tell you how much more happier my life has been in this one year than the 32 years prior to that when I was very selfish and now that I'm much more selfless and we've been doing a lot more to give back to others it's just a gift in itself.
1: Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley, and joining us as always from Maui, Hawaii is our official co-host. It's bright and early there. Good morning, Kamazi Constable.
2: Aloha, Jared. It is bright and early, but today's guest had me so excited. I didn't sleep at all last night. Like I was that excited.
1: (laughs) I know that's true, man. I'm a big fan of our guest. Our guest today is, of course, Kim Trumbo. Kim is a spouse, parent, friend, world traveler, and podcast host. She highlights heroes primarily from nonprofits and charities who live to give on the Generosity Philosophy podcast. Her mission is to inspire and share positive stuff. You can learn more about Kim by checking out generosityphilosophy.com. Kim, we are prepared to be amazed. Welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. And I totally relate, Kamandi. I was just as excited to talk to both of you gentlemen that I also
1: didn't get too much sleep. So it's an honor, and I'm very grateful to be on your show today. I feel like I need to put on my boots. I don't want to step in anything, you know? (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right, so Kim, we are thrilled to have you, and we asked this to everybody, so I think you know this is coming. What is the best concert that you have ever been to?
0: You know, I really wish that I could say, being a lover of country music, that I went and saw Taylor Swift just to appease kamanzi but unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately I've never seen one of her concerts however because I do enjoy country music so much and I'm not a big avid concert goer to or whatever and I would have to say I think it was probably a good 15 years ago I went to a local county fair and saw Terry Clark she's a bit of an old school woman country singer but I was in the front row and it was just a really neat experience I love her music and yeah, that would have been my favorite concert I've been to.
2: Very cool. What would you do if we came on the show one time and I told you, like, I hate Taylor Swift now. What would you do? I'd know
1: that you weren't <laughs> telling the truth. so <laughs> I'd question your integrity. <laughs> <I> <laughs> All, right. All right, let's keep going here. So I, I love that Kim brought up Taylor Swift, by the way, because I think this is going to translate well in this next one. So we're going to do blank versus blank. Go ahead. Come on. See. <laughs>
2: so Taylor Swift, Kim, blank versus blank. Shake it off, Taylor Swift versus shake the world, Gandhi.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, I have to decide. I'm kind of a Taylor Swift (laughs) fan as well. so
1: Yes. yes, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Gandhi doesn't stand a chance.
0: (laughs) Oh, obviously, I'd have to go with Gandhi. And it's about shaking the world up and, you know, promoting love and kindness and generosity. So sorry, Taylor.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, she's going to have to shake that one off for sure. All right, so Kim, finish this sentence. If you ever drastically change your hair.
0: In the sense of having it be very long to be coming very short, please donate it to an organization (laughs) that will use it for a good cause like I did.
1: Awesome. We did that with my daughter's hair. We cut her hair and we did a donation. So who did you donate your hair to?
0: You know, a couple people have asked me that. And although the intention was locks of love, I heard about a lot of controversy about that organization. And so to avoid that, I went through some place in Utah that helps donate for the similar type of cause, but it was this much smaller organization. And I can't even remember the name of it. I just remember having that braid and putting it in an envelope and off it went. I should probably look (laughs) that up, but.
1: Well, we did not know the controversy, as you described. We did hear about it later, but we did donate Lana's hair to Locks of Love. However, if we knew what we know now, we probably would have done some research about Utah. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, If you've got long hair and you're going to cut it short, go ahead and donate it. I think that's good advice.
2: Yeah. So, Kim, let's do some true or false now. It's going to be a true or false question, but give us like a little quick podcaster sound bite after you answer this, okay? Uh, okay. So, you must be rich in order to be generous.
0: You must be rich in order to be generous. Well, of course not. And I'm not sure what you mean by podcaster soundbite, but like maybe like a won won wah. No, not accurate. Uh, Be generous in many ways. So that is false.
1: That is false. I recently saw you putting quarters into one of those little games for kids where they where they press in the thing and they get stickers. You're always doing stuff like that. That's pretty cool. So online, you're online, Kim. You're doing all this stuff to share the good word of being generous. In the online space, to me, it seems like it's real easy for some people to fall into what's called the scarcity mindset. And I'm sure you know what that is, rather than abundance mentality. So I wanted to ask you, what does it mean to be generous? And then a follow up to that would be, why are you so passionate about this topic?
0: Well, you know, I knew that I would get the question. In fact, it wasn't until, surprisingly, it wasn't until about 50 something episodes in recording Generosity Philosophy podcast. At the end of each of my shows, I asked people what their generosity philosophy is. And finally, someone turned around and asked me that. And I thought, oh boy, I might get asked that. So I need to come up with something to answer that question. So if it's okay with you, gentlemen, you know, what generosity means to me, I've condensed it to a little bit of a poem that I'd love to read.
1: Oh, we love poetry. Yes. Hey, here we go. <laughs> Well, may do an interpretive dance during this, by the way. So uh, I, don't, I
2: don't know about the dance, but somebody did one time ask me to sing.
1: Well, I won't rap it. I'll just
0: read it if that's okay.
1: We could beatbox if
0: it'll help. Okay, <laughs> go I ahead. I do have a beatbox. All right, well, I'll just get into it. So, life is meant to be lived, and we all feel more alive when we give. Give a little or give a lot. Generosity is contagious. Just give it a shot. You never know how your kindness affects another human being. It's simple to be kind and generous in everything. How you speak to your kids, your husband, or your wife, and how you talk to yourself in your everyday life. No amount of giving can ever be too small. Let's all give a little more and stand up tall. Tall like a tree with roots firm in the ground, generosity is a lifeline to spread love around. So that's a condensed version of what I think of generosity. And essentially, anyone could do it. Yeah, I post videos. And things like that on uh, the internet. Mostly it's because I just hope people see, like, how easy was that for me to take a couple bucks worth of quarters and make some kids' day? And I wish I was creative and could say, yeah, thank you. Pat myself on the back. That was a great idea. But I totally ripped that idea off. I saw some women do that on YouTube and thought, oh my goodness, you know, that's a great idea. And just like they inspired me, I hope by posting videos like that, it inspires other people to see how easy it is that you can just go out in your community and you don't have to be rich, and you can help give back and make people's days a little brighter. What got me into this, though, I think was your second question, Jared?
1: Uh, Yes, let's let's cover that. But I'm also interested in why you're so passionate about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm so passionate about it because I grew up most of my life. These days, after 30, I forget how old I am some days. (laughs) Uh, I think it's 33. And up until I started the Generosity Philosophy podcast, I've been a pretty selfish person. And unfortunately, it was a tragedy in my family. In uh, December of 2012, my younger brother, who's only 27 years old at the time, passed away. And that shook me up, as it probably does a lot of people who lose people who are close to them. And although initially, I didn't think, oh, how could I make the world a better place? And how could I improve my life? I'm going to start a podcast. I mean, it didn't just automatically grow into that. It actually started off with me thinking, how could I make my small family, my wife, and now almost 11-year-old's life better? And the first thought was like, we need to get out of debt. So where do you go when you want to get out of debt? Da-da-da-da, Dave Ramsey, right? So (laughs) I started listening to Dave Ramsey, and he talked about this thing called a podcast and started listening to podcasts and became a bit of a podcast junkie listening to all kinds of different podcasts. And my family would sometimes sit around and think like, we should do more, we should give back more. And I also would think it'd be cool to have a podcast, but I didn't know what I'd ever podcast about. There's one day I'm mowing my lawn and I'm listening to a podcast and the gentlemen were speaking about how entrepreneurs and podcasters often are generous and they give back to people who are maybe starting out. And that whole concept of people helping people made me think, oh my goodness, Maybe that's what I could podcast about. Maybe that would be a way for our family to be able to give back. And if I'm going to be asking nonprofits and charities and people who are doing good in the world, like how our family could get involved, maybe there's other families who would want to hear that too. So that's how the idea came about. I'm passionate about it because after the loss of my brother, you know, it's kind of a cliche to say, but life is short. And I do believe that in whatever little ways we can love one another and make this world a better place. Why not? So that's the very somewhat short version of a long story.
1: <laughs> I love <Wow>. the poem.
2: <laughs> yeah. Kim, when you were doing that, after you were done doing that poem, Kim, did you feel like just dropping the mic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I was hoping that Jared was going to start beatboxing and I could just do it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we should rewind. No, no, I, I love your poem, Kim. I, it doesn't need beatboxing. That was very
2: good. Kim, Kim, <laughs> You recently completed a twelve days of giving campaign. What is the twelve days of giving campaign, and could you share some of the results? Oh sure. Well,
0: you know how Ellen, I and I love Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres does a twelve days of giving on her show, and there's a lot of different people who do twelve days of something or another. Well, leading up to Christmas, my wife and partner and I were thinking about what can we do for generosity philosophy to represent well generosity and the twelve days. And she, I cannot take the credit. Her name's Heather. Heather came up with this idea that there's that song of, I'm not going to sing, but, you know, the partridge in a pear tree. And maybe we could come up with a song, but instead of, you know, on the first day of giving, blah, 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 it would be to whomever we go and give something to. And so it was things as small as giving. We went to Target one day and bought a couple of $10 nutcrackers for, you know, a decoration. And, gave it to some unsuspecting, kind ladies as we were walking out who were like, huh, why do you want to give us these nutcrackers? I said, oh, just to spread generosity. Have a great day. And all the way to the biggest donation that we gave actually was our daughter had been saving for a year cans and bottles. And she was able to save up to $500 that we gave to the local animal sanctuary, farm sanctuary. And so that was the big giveaway, if you will. So the concept was 12 days in a row, we would go out and give and be generous in small but meaningful ways to just spread generosity around.
1: What impact did that have when you were sharing that? And I mean, obviously, people appreciated, you know, I mean, $500 at Animal Shelter is amazing. But even beyond that, for people who are just watching you and reading your posts and learning about what you were doing online, like what was some of the feedback you were getting?
0: Oh, I think people just were very positive, and that, you know, that's really neat. It made me think that we need to do stuff like that, not just around Christmas time Mm -hmm. and be more involved in the community doing other things and rally people around us. We did take our nieces and the one niece, her boyfriend wanted to join in. In fact, he helped sing the song that they recorded. I was not a part of that singing (laughs) of the video that they made or that I made. But yeah, the feedback was really positive. People thought that that was neat that we went out there and did that.
1: All right. So, Kim, you've featured so many amazing stories from nonprofits and charities on the podcast. So I was hoping for someone who's listening now who don't know about your show, they don't know about you, would you be willing to share just a few of the amazing stories that have been featured on the Generosity Philosophy Podcast?
0: Oh, my goodness. There are so many. I'm glad you didn't use the word favorite, because I definitely couldn't pick a favorite. But off the top of my head, let's see. I love some of the ones that I really get passionate when I talk about are these kids or or youth rather, I guess they're teenagers now. But uh, one that comes to mind is one that it's a young lady out of Tennessee. Her name is Olivia Wright. And when she was nine years old, she was up late one night. Her dad was watching an infomercial for like Feed the Children or something. And she, with her cute little Southern accent said, Daddy, how come that little one doesn't have shoes? And, uh, he said, well, honey, sometimes kids, they can't afford shoes. And Olivia right at nine years old was not going to be having that. And so she said, daddy, you know, all kids should have sh- shoes. And so they ended up forming, of course, she's a child at the time. So with her parents' help, a nonprofit called HUGS as the acronym, Help Us Give Shoes, where she goes around and people from all over donate shoes to her and they distribute them to children around the United States and other countries as well. And it's just amazing the generosity and inspiration that I get from hearing those stories. I just only hope that the listeners, you know, feed off of that as well. So there's, you know, I feature stories of generosity regarding, you know, things that, that people need, but also, you know, animals. I'm a bit of an animal lover. My, I always, I often joke and say I live in a jungle. We have two rescue dogs and three cats, and uh, I vacuum a lot. And so <laughs> so I really enjoyed the nonprofits or charities that I've interviewed that help save animals. One of those is a local, local to me at least, in Oregon farm sanctuary called Green Acres Farm Sanctuary. And I guess that comes to mind because when I was new at this, Jared and Kamanzi, I didn't know a bunch of nonprofits or charities. Like I said, I was pretty selfish. I wasn't worried about you know people who were out there doing good. So I didn't know who I'd interview. So basically, I just kind of went to Google and typed in, you know, nonprofits Oregon, thinking that if they're local, they'd give me a shot at being on a podcast. And so Tina Crow is, is one of the co founders. And I actually went out to her farm. The sound quality is awful if you go back and listen yeah. to that episode, because I didn't know any better. But she's doing awesome and amazing things with rescuing animals. And it's just really neat. I mean, You shouldn't have asked me that question because I could just sit here and ramble and ramble and ramble (laughs) all day about all the wonderful people doing wonderful things. But there's a couple of of examples.
1: Well, I I think you have a great show and I think people should definitely check that out to be encouraged and inspired to hear those stories because it does it, it. I see your post. I hear about what you're doing. and It makes me think, what can I do? So I appreciate that.
2: Well,
0: Thank you for saying that.
2: So, Kim, yeah, you do have a great show. We're big fans. Jared and I are big fans. When it comes to having a podcast, and I kind of know this since I'm the official co-host of Star with the Doubts, um, (laughs) you have to promote your podcast and promote it on social media. So could you tell us about Live to Give cards? And then what are some steps you follow when you're promoting new podcast episodes via social media?
0: Sure. So the Live to Give cards were a concept that and I've seen this out there before, so it's not as if no one's ever thought of it, but we wanted to do it. And we being my family and I decided that we would create these business cards. That's all they are. And they just say something. In fact, oh, here, here's one right here. What it says on it is uh, someone wanted to be generous to you. And it has a logo of generosity philosophy. It says you may pass this card on with an act of generosity to anyone. And you could share your experience by visiting the website. Be a part of spreading generosity around the world. So if you were to go to generosityphilosophy.com forward slash live to give, some people, not as many as I would like to, have written about their experience of receiving or giving a live to give card. And so the idea is whether you're just buying someone behind you at the drive through at a fast food place or Starbucks and you buy their coffee or, or their food and you give them a live to give card, the hope is that they're surprised and happy and humbled by that. And then they just kind of pay it forward. So that's been really fun. I I love being able to give those out. And I guess the mystery of it is just giving it and not knowing how that person, you know, for all I know, that might have made their day or their week. So that's been really fun to do that. And now that I've been rambling on so much about the Live to Give cards, I forget the second part of the question. Come on, Z.
2: Tell us uh, some of your podcast promoting strategies.
0: Oh, sure. Well, I promote it, my shows on Facebook. On Instagram, I felt I've decided that I really love this app called Pick Post Play. I think I'm saying that right, where you can have a, a photograph within a video, on a promotional ad graphic, and uh, put it into Instagram. And so I think that's a neat concept. So I've been shooting very short videos of you know this week's episode and just talk a little bit about it and promoting it that way. Twitter, I tweet things out on Twitter, with a link that goes then back to my website so that people can then, if, if they so choose, hit the play button and listen to it. A little bit on Google+. Plus. And I've been trying to get more into Pinterest because I really do love Pinterest. So I just try to be everywhere because who knows who's going to find it and how much of an impact that guest may make on them. You know, They may listen to it and live in Australia and not have a desire to help the specific nonprofit that I'm interviewing. But maybe they were touched by the story. And if the story was, say, in regards to an animal rescue, maybe they're then going to go volunteer at their local animal rescue. So, you know, that's my hope for why I try to just get it out there everywhere on social media and have no shame to plugging the guests.
1: Kim, I love your marketing strategy for your podcast. I think that you've been really smart with it. And you mentioned that app. What was that app just for people who want to take notes of that? What, what was that app again? I think it's called Pick Play Post. Pick, play, post, and basically that allows you to record a video on top of a a graphic, or did I misunderstand that?
0: Yeah. So you know how you see sometimes a graphic that's like a collage. Yes. Essentially, the collage may have, let's say, four. Let's imagine a a box, a square, and it's divided equally into four sections. Well, the top left may be a video of you introducing what the guest does. You know, a little bit about the podcast. One of the four quadrants, if you will, maybe your logo. And then, you know, you could put whatever in the other two. But it's neat because you could put video in there along with photographs. And it is called Pick, Play, Post.
1: I love it. I really think you're very strategic with the way you're marketing your show. And I think it's good for anyone who's listening who's a fellow podcaster. Go check out, at a bare minimum, just check out how Kim is promoting what she's doing in a way that's not spammy or over the top. I'm just kind of spreading the word out there. I love your strategy there. Okay, so Kim, I got to bring this up because this is something that happened recently. You confessed, <laughs> let me see the right way to say this. That's fine. You confessed a strategy that you implemented in the past that you realized later on was not necessarily something you wanted to use moving forward. And there are people who are listening to this show who have said, man, I've made decisions in the past where I've had to come back and be like, man, that wasn't the best way to do that or that wasn't something that I think I want to do moving forward. And I'm not, we're not necessarily going to say it was a mistake. It was just a learning experience. Mm-hmm. So would you be willing just to talk a little bit about this particular instance of something you tried that you realized wasn't for you? And then kind of admitting that for some people who didn't necessarily like that particular strategy. And I think that was very courageous. So I want to hear you, if you're willing, just to share briefly about that story, because I think it'll be um, hopefully encouraging to someone who's listening.
0: Well, thank you, Jared, first of all, for giving me that and saying that it was courageous. I definitely had to starve the doubts if you will when it came to typing it all out and then thinking, "Ah, oh, should I hit the post button? Are people going to give me flack for this?" But I decided that, you know, life life is short and and we make mistakes. I, I'll call it a mistake. That's fine, and I do like to think that I confessed to that and although it was a learning experience, I didn't mind sharing the reasoning of why I did it, but then also the reasoning behind why I stopped doing it. So what it is for people who are like, "What are they talking about?" Basically, on Twitter, you can, if you so choose to, create multiple Twitter accounts. I mean, as long as you have different emails, that's a strategy that a person could do is create multiple Twitter accounts to promote whatever it is they're doing. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It could be anything that you want to promote. And being a brand new podcaster, I joined a group online who that was like the thing to do within that group was to teach about the strategy and about posting multiple tweets and when i say multiple i mean like up to twice in 15 minute period of time instead of just promoting via twitter a link to your website or to itunes or to stitcher or to a place in which that person then after clicking the link has the option of pressing play and listening to your show just by means of clicking the link counted as a quote unquote download in your numbers because it was a direct link to your show so if somebody who's on Twitter and they look up the hashtag generosity, they may have found a year ago one of my tweets for one of my episodes. And just by clicking that link, all of a sudden, an episode would start playing. And I decided after thousands and thousands of downloads, hundreds of thousands at that, that, you know, maybe I need to try this and see how, what my numbers would be if I turn off the software that's generating all these multiple tweets on multiple accounts. And just see what my true numbers would be. And wow, wah, 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 or whatever that sound is from, uh, you know, uh, Price is Right. I was snapped back into reality and realized that my audience is not as big as I thought with the Twitter bots, if you will, going off. And I was okay with that. I realized, you know, I'd rather have real numbers, a small audience, than just to look good on social media, use that strategy. So I stopped doing it. And if people continue to do that to each their own, I'm not saying that, you, you know, I'm not here to judge people. But for me, I decided to stop doing it. And yeah, personally, I'm glad that people realize that it's happening. And yeah, that's all. How
2: will
1: you? basically admitted that you did it. Yeah. And you were very gracious in in putting that out there. But I thought that was really courageous because there are a lot of people who think this day and age, hey, it is about social proof. It is about numbers, if you will. And if the numbers aren't there, then that is a reflection on the impact of your message. So for you, Kim, to stand up and say, hey, it's not about the numbers. You know, it, It really is about the message. And if that's two people, or if that's 2000 people, whatever it is, you know, this is the message. And and that was just such a bold thing to say. It's something that people need to hear, because it is so easy to get sucked into numbers and what people think. And and so I'm really proud of you, you know, for just being willing to really take that stand. And I know that wasn't for everyone. But I just thought that was really cool of you to do that. And I think there's people that need to hear that. So I appreciate that.
2: Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thanks, Sharon.
1: Wow. Good deal. So let let's Jared, let's go to some other topics here. Jared, yeah,
2: you've made it very hard to transition now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. That's Kim, why you're a pro, come on Let's go with a little
2: softer subject. I heard a rumor, and it's not a rumor. This is more rhetorical, but Kim, I heard a rumor that you're planning to write a children's book. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, I've joined this wonderful group. I think the the two gentlemen that are heading it up are this guy named Jimmy, Jimmy Burgess and some guy from Hawaii, like, come <laughs> Constanceable or something. No, yeah. I'm only but joking. You guys, guy? uh, Kamondi and Jimmy have put together this awesome class, a self-publishing academy, and I'm very honored and excited to be a part of it. I, since starting Generosity Philosophy, knew that, you know, going back to the numbers, Jared, my whole thing was, I would rather impact and help a million people be more generous and make a hundred bucks then make a million dollars and only help a hundred people. And that's just me that, you know, money is not as important as, you know, a movement and helping inspire people. And so it was never this idea of, I think of the guy from um, Homer Simpson. What's his name? You know,
1: this greedy with his little fingers. Help me out. Oh, the boss. Is that, is that who you're talking about? You know, the guy. Yeah, I can't think of his the name. Guy, uh, I know who you're talking about. Skinner's, I don't
0: know. People listening to this know who I'm talking about. It was never about, you know, trying to get rich. But I always thought that I'd like to monetize it in some way in the future because I would like to do it full time. And without bringing sponsors on, the idea was perhaps in the future I could write a book. And I've never been a huge, avid writer. I'm trying to change that. But I've always loved when I was a child, like Dr. Seuss books that are whimsical and they rhyme and they're fun. But I wanted to put a positive spin on it with, you know, positive moral characteristics for children. And so this first book that I'm writing, and thank you for asking me about it, Kamanzi, is called uh, George the Generous Giraffe. And so it's a small children's book, and it's going to, the storyline will rhyme. And it's about a giraffe named George who is generous. And of course, there's a bit of controversy, you know, there's got to be a climax, but everything is happily ever after at the end. And it's just one book of many, because I plan to do a whole series of positive characteristics and animals who help encourage children to be uh, generous and loving and kind and brave and things like that. Those adjectives that describe great, wonderful people that we hope our little people grow up to be one day.
1: Very cool. I look forward to reading that. Kim, are you doing illustrations for that?
0: Oh, I love photography and I'd like to toot my own horn and say that I'm a pretty good photographer. However, drawing, no way, Jose. I cannot draw worth a. No. no. So I'm going to have to hire. In fact, I've, I'm working with somebody that I found through Odesk to illustrate the book for me. So I'm just writing the story and I'll have an illustrator to do the illustrations.
1: Brilliant. All right. So we're going to start to wrap up here, Kim. Who is doing something that interests you?
0: Oh, so many people. I'm going to have to give a shout out, though, to my friend Eric Tivers. Eric is a gentleman who has a podcast called ADHD Rewired. I'm not sure if either of you have heard of that. It has nothing to do with, with my niche or niche. However, as a person who has ADHD, I've really been drawn into Eric's podcast and his Facebook community. And it's just that. He's done a fantastic job of bringing people together. In a community-like setting of, hey, we all struggle with this thing called ADD, ADHD, but we're here to help each other out. And I think it's really remarkable what he's done in the last year with that podcast. And so shout out to Eric Tivers.
2: Kim, what is the best place for listeners to stay connected with you online?
0: I would just say that you can visit me at generosityphilosophy.com. I have at the very top right all of those social media links to find me at Instagram. Instagram, for whatever reason, I think it's just because I am visual and love photography. I've been on a lot more than some other forms of social media. But yeah, thanks for asking that. Generosityphilosophy.com is my website.
1: And Kim, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners?
0: I would just say that, you know, part of that poem I read at the beginning is that, you know, you could give a little, or you can give a lot. And whether that's just walking down the street And smiling at someone or offering to help your neighbor take out their garbage or mow their lawn. There's so many ways that we can be generous that we don't have to have a lot of money. You can use your time or your talents or skills as well, not just feeling like you have to have a lot of cash in order to give back to people. And so I would just, my final thoughts would be to encourage people to be creative and think outside the box in different ways that you could be generous. And it really is truly. In giving, you receive. Because in the last year, I cannot tell you how much more happier my life has been in this one year than the 32 years prior to that when I was very selfish. And now that I'm much more selfless, and we've been doing a lot more to give back to others,
1: it's just a gift in itself. So... Well, Kim, I can say, and I have said, I've watched you now for a while. And every time I see what you post or every time I hear about what you're working on, it makes me think, what am I not doing? What am I missing? And I appreciate that gift that you've given me each time that I've thought that way. And it does. It compels me to do little things like you said, smile or do something nice for someone online. And I hope that will be something that people consider who listen to this. So Kim, we really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much. You know, I'd rather have real numbers, a small audience than just to look good on social media, use that strategy.